Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative, a boutique brand and web design studio. I'm here to help you learn, up-level, and find community in your design business journey. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey everyone, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. Today I am joined by a personal friend, my past mentee, um, and just all around amazing creative director and designer, Caitlin Alyssa. So I'm going to go ahead and read her bio. Caitlin Alyssa is the founder and creative director behind Studio Cali, a brand strategy and design consultancy born on the cliffs of San Diego, California. With over 10 years of experience working with editorial brands, Caitlin brings an uncommon mix of strategy and creativity to the table when it comes to brand building. From fashion merchandising and styling to interior design, Caitlin is no stranger to luxury industries and lifestyle markets. She now brings this experience to the entrepreneurship world, helping other creatives, founders, and entrepreneurs build editorial-worthy brands and bring their business goals within reach through brand strategy, identity, design, and website design. So excited about this conversation. We definitely chatted a lot about what building a luxury brand really looks and feels like from the inside. Um, And I also wanted to quickly remind you guys that the Design Mini Mind, my signature one-to-one and small group program is almost sold out. I cannot believe that I am saying that. Um, It has been only a week so far of launching and you guys have just been really excited about the program, which is just so exciting for me because I love it and it seems like you guys are too. Um, There is only one spot available at the time that I'm recording this and um, please feel free to reach out via DM in in case this is something that you are curious about. I would love to chat further about what your goals are for the new year, what you're currently charging, what you want to be charging, what you want to be making um, and see if the program is going to be a good fit for you. Even if this year you feel like it's not the right move for 2024, because it has sold so quickly this year, I anticipate the same thing happening next year. So I would love for you to hop onto the waitlist. Um, and the waitlist does get early access to the application um, when that does go live in November of 2024, which is just so crazy to think about for a start date in January of 2025. So if this is something that you're like, oh, I want to do this in the future, but like now it's not the right time. Would love for you to hop on that list. You can find that link in the description of this episode. All right, without further further ado, here is Caitlin's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. I am so excited to have a personal friend, past mentee, designer that I look up to as a designer, Caitlin Alyssa from Studio Cali Creative joining me today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, in my little intro that you guys just heard, um, you heard about how I was Caitlin's mentor um, back when I started my very first like one-to-one mentorship program um, that I talked about actually in last week's episode all about the design mini mind. Um, And it has been so cool to just like see your growth over the past, what, it's been two years now. Um, and we were just chatting before you hopped on, um, the recording about like kind of how things have been since working together. So I think it would be fun, you know, as like a pre rose and thorn thing, or maybe you can even weave your roses and thorns into this, like tell everyone kind of about like what the like last two years has been like for you, um, since working together. Yeah. I mean, the last two years have been a lot of growth, definitely some growing pains, but also this year I'm finally seeing those growing pains really pay off. Um, So 
yeah, I've, I've definitely achieved everything that we talked about together. Some of it happened a little bit after the mentorship, but um, it's crazy to look back at some of those documents and look at what I wanted and seeing it like right in front of my face now. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I was actually like reviewing some of the old like call notes because I took pretty detailed call notes for every single like call that like you and I did and all of my like one-to-one mentees. Um, and there we, we covered a lot and a lot of like just the curriculum that like we developed naturally and organically over the time that I was working with my one-to-one students ended up going into the mini mind curriculum and it's like on lock, you know, and I love that you said that things are still changing and growing like two years after like our mentorship program, obviously like not taking like, like credit for anything that is happening in your studio now, just because like, this is you, this is everything that you've done. But like, that is what my goal is when I mentor someone is that they can take the systems and strategies or even try something that I recommend and find that like it doesn't necessarily work for them in that way and like shift and change and put their own spin on things and like end up finding that success. So that is just so lovely to hear. Yay. Yeah. You can take a lot of credit for it though. (laughs) More credit (laughs) than you should. (laughs) Thank you. You're so sweet. Um, So (laughs) so tell us, um, let's do roses and thorns. And I know like we kind of chatted about what your thorn's going to be. What's your rose? And then I think we both have the same thorn based off of what we were chatting about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my rose is that I am actually leaving for San Diego in a couple days. And um, if you know anything about my story, you know, my brand name comes from San Diego. So it's kind of a whole full circle week this week with being here and then leaving for that trip. That's so exciting. So what are you doing in um, San Diego? Are you doing a photo shoot or just visiting or? Just visiting. Fully vacation mode. I haven't been on a vacation in like a real one since like pre-COVID and honestly pretty much before starting my business. So yeah, this is really exciting. That's awesome. How are you like planning around that for your clients? Like do you, are you kind of in between projects? Are you just pausing? No. So I have had this plan for like six months and I knew that I had to have a lot of projects wrapped up this week. So, um, over the last couple of weeks, you've probably seen on Instagram, several websites have finally like gone live that we've been working on over the last couple of months. And it's been like a couple months of prep to get here. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole podcast episode that I recorded about how I take my summer sabbatical. So if anyone is curious about like taking time off, you can go back and listen to that episode. I believe it's the first episode of season eight. Um, but that's awesome. That is so exciting. I like when I get like the screenshot, like wins from my mini mind students and stuff, like, yes, I love seeing the like five figure wins, the like huge, like financial wins, the sales, but like what makes me even more excited, like for example, my student Nick's from the mini mind hi nicks studio daisy you guys should go follow her she's amazing um also if you need a shopify developer she's awesome um she took a she hit her first 10k month in the mini mind program but then also took a two-week like work-free vacation and i was like way more excited about the two-week work-free vacation because i just know how hard that is when you're in that grind and she doesn't really have a team either yet so that's really exciting yes definitely Awesome. Okay. And then Thorn. Okay. So Thorn is really learning my capacity. Um, this year I've definitely tried to grow a team and actually had to let somebody go in the last week, Aww. right before all of this. So 
that is my thorn for the week, but I think it's really something that is going to turn out to be a positive. So mm-hmm. um, for both her and I, but yeah. now all that work is back on my plate. So <laughs> that's tough. I mean, like I remember being in that space, like when I first, it was like right after I had writer and I was just like, do you have a pulse? Okay. Join the team. I'm so overwhelmed. And like, it just like, they were amazing designers, but like I hadn't set up things on my end to be able to support them and get the type of value that I needed to out of them because I was spending so much time training and reviewing and reworking things. And it just like, it's just, it wasn't a good fit. And so like those types of growing pains, I think in terms of like personnel and having to let people go is just like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps right now. And like not the good kind, because it just like, it just kind of breaks your heart a little bit when you like are excited about something and they're excited, but then like they're either not performing or like not in the way that you anticipated. And like, you have to have those tough conversations. And I think a lot of us as designers have never really been in those like top level, like leadership positions in our careers before. Like I never really studied leadership. I was always like the design assistant or the intern or whatever, when I worked in corporate and like everyone was above me. And so like, I never developed those skills. So do you feel like, I mean, we probably have a similar trajectory here. Like, although like I have a part-time employee and you're kind of building your team. Like, do you, do you relate to that? Yeah, except I have never been, like, I've always found myself in managerial roles. And it was so much easier when it wasn't my business. Like, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to play, like, CEO and, like, that human-to-human, like, manager at the same time, that's where it can also get really, really tough. So Mm -hmm. it's totally different when it's your own business. That's so interesting. Yeah, because you have to be HR and creative director. And so, like, you have to be giving them design (laughs) feedback, but then also, like, hey, like, why did this task get done? Like, you know, and then you're also the financial person. You're like, okay, this has to be like data driven and you have to be providing us like financial ROI to stay on the team. Like, it's just, there's so much and it's just an intricate like dance and something that I think that we all just kind of learn like as we fly by the seat of our pants in in growing a team. Um, But I know that you will eventually find that, that team that's like, Everyone's like, I want to find my Lauren. I'm like, there's a Lauren out there for you. I know there is. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, my, my rose and thorn, I mean, like I, I I'm batching episodes this week, so I don't want to like reiterate myself too much, but um, my thorn is definitely similar in terms of not like team, but like just capacity and like kind of figuring out like projections for the next year. It's not necessarily even a thorn. It's just kind of like a you know, just kind of planning for the new year and kind of like really being introspective and thinking about what I want. Cause I don't want to have to be doing this like during the holidays when I've disconnected from work. Cause I do take three weeks off at the end of the year, those types of feelings and thoughts are starting to hit me kind of like right now. And I'm not really a journaler. I'm very like, I'm an audio processor guys. So voice notes, podcasts, like I'm in the right, like line of content creation, but like, um, it's kind of like a lot of thoughts and feelings that are just kind of swirling around in my head about like, okay, what do I want to be doing in 2024? Like, what do I want my team to look like? Like, what type of revenue do I think that I can reach? Like, I am going to be setting some pretty intense, like financial goals for myself and for my family next year and thinking about, okay, how can I get to the place where on average, the studio is hitting 20K every month? Like, I've seen that in the past quarter um, you pass Q3, Q4, like, you know, 15, 20, like kind of at that level, but like 
I want that to feel like, okay, we're in the 20 to 25 range every single month for 2024. And it wasn't like that in 2023 as I was growing because 2022 was completely different. So um, it's like scary to think about goal setting, but I also know there is so much like value in that. And of course, that's a really big part of mentorship is that like I make everyone I work with set goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my I like, feel like it's also ish. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I feel like that's also never too late to hit a goal. Like I just yeah. have to say that because I definitely mm-hmm. at the first three months of this year, I didn't think I was going to hit any of my goals. And now here I am and I've pretty much checked off every single one of the that's boxes. Amazing. That yeah. is so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just start our conversation about kind of like offer suites and positioning. And this is probably one of the biggest things that I recommend newer designers to work on. Or if you are feeling like you haven't found product market fit, your offers aren't selling, they're not selling at the price you want them to, you're getting a lot of client pushback on either price, deliverables, whatever that looks like. Typically, positioning and offer suite together are those two things that you really have to get on lock. And it's not as easy as like updating a Notion document. It's not as easy as writing a new Instagram bio. A lot of market research, a lot of conversations, a lot of failed sales calls, a lot of rejections have to go into finding that sweet spot in your positioning and your offer suite. And I feel like Caitlin, you have gotten to that point in your studio now where you're finally starting to see things click. Um, And that has got to be a great feeling. So I thought it would be really fun for us to chat today about like that, how you find that click moment in your studio. Um, So, you know, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty about Offer Suite, I would love for you to give just like a brief like Cliff Notes version of your career for all of our listeners so that they can kind of hear your story. You do have a unique story, unique background. Um, and yeah, just so everyone can know kind of like where you're at right now in your business journey. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I actually kind of danced around the idea of being a designer for eight years. I was always told that like, you'll never make more than $10 an hour as a designer. It's not a sustainable career path. Yeah. (laughs) Art school isn't worth it. All of that stuff. So, um, while I was in college, I went to school for marketing and just like general business. And while I was in college, I worked in retail management for about four and a half years, worked my way up that ladder. I did really well in like high-end luxury markets where I was more of like a personal stylist and um, worked, got to work behind the scenes on like fashion shows and um, with some of the buyers of our company. And through that career, I I never really saw that as a career. Um, I always thought it was like a college job before I went off and would get a big girl job. Um, And then flash forward like four and a half years later at the end of that career, I ended up losing my brother at 19 and I realized life was too short not to do what you love. And I basically said, screw it and enrolled in art school, which ended up being an interior design degree that I went for, worked my way up that ladder, realized that that still wasn't the right spot for me. So I left that job, went to wait tables while I started my business and started off actually as like a general marketing freelancer and then found my way into branding and website design. So that's kind of the Thanks for sharing that. That story with us. Yeah. I know that um, sometimes like our lowest lows in life as human beings can be the catalyst for the doors to open to find like what is truly aligned with like our, our soul's calling or like what God's, you know, plan is for your life or however you want to call it, you know? Um, And so 
I think that it's a really beautiful thing that in the midst of something that is so tragic and probably the lowest low you've ever felt in your life that like something positive like did like a very small catalyst a small spark kind of brought you to this place and it probably makes like that's your why you know like that is probably what drives you through the really like hard times because there are some low lows in doing what we do um yeah but thanks for sharing that with us of course yeah that's a big part of it um yeah I was on vacation in San Diego actually as working an interior design job I was a studio manager at the time and I couldn't even get away to like process that grief. And so I was like, I have to do something that isn't so demanding. And while I was there, I decided to start my business. And so yeah. that's where the Cali comes from is like California, but also it's my initials. So it's integrated yeah. into my entire business. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's where strong market positioning comes from. You know, like we we talk about like, oh, crafting the right copy and like making sure your brand is on point and like every designer ever is in the process of updating their website. You know what I mean? Like no shame. I mean, I updated my website this summer too, but like I think uncovering those layers of like, okay, why why did you start this in the first place? Like what type of vibes do you want in client projects? Like, you know, I think whether or not that's something that you talk about, like, I, I think you're pretty outspoken about that experience on social media, which like, you know, people will choose to share or not to share depending on what feels good for them. But I don't know, it just like, it feels like your positioning at your core, like that's a core thing about you. And the positioning part is just, and that's what we worked on in our mentorship together, you know, like bringing that out and establishing that and sharing that and articulating that and visualizing that basically. So, um, so I would love to dive into kind of like some listener questions. Lydia Van Hoven cook, um, had a question about how to get high profile clients. And this ties really well into this conversation about positioning. Um, so how do you feel like your positioning for studio Cali has shifted over the years And what do you think contributed most to your success at attracting a more like luxury style clientele? Because when I think about your studio, I think about high end editorial. I know we worked through a lot of adjectives that have probably shifted and changed since we worked together. Um, What do you think um, was one of the biggest things that kind of contributed to that shift? So I would just say my confidence in my business overall, like really leaning into my strengths and amplifying them. So where the editorial comes in is that my, you know, that four and a half career stint of being in fashion, like I was really, really good at my job and I never really owned it until, you know, flash forward 10 years later now. Um, So leaning into my strengths, Um, when it comes to luxury clients, I obviously worked in luxury markets, but I think the biggest thing is getting a client to trust you because when they have, you know, an X amount of dollars to spend on something, it's not about the dollars that they're spending. They really want to work with somebody who gets their vision, who they feel comfortable talking with and sharing their ideas with, that they get, they're comfortable getting vulnerable with you too. Like people don't talk about how much of a vulnerable process branding can be because they do have to share their story just as I did. So um, those are like the three things that I would say have really played into it so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest things that I noticed when shifting from, oh, like I'm a freelance designer and I'll just work with whoever to like, I am a luxury branding studio. Um, And when we're thinking about marketing, obviously you come from a marketing background. We always think about like, what are people's pain points? 
I think one of the biggest pain points for luxury design, not luxury designer, but luxury clients who own creative studios or their service providers or whatever, it's not the financial side because Mm-mm. they have proof of concept. They've got product market fit, at least to a point where they're getting a significant amount of cash flow to pay those higher ticket prices. I think their biggest problem is is personnel, is finding the right mm-hmm. person to work with because like you said, it's hiring is hard. People have been burned. People have paid a lot of money for the wrong person. Um, yeah. And so if, like you said, if you can prove to that person, earn their trust, I mean, become friends with them. Like I walk away as friends with a majority of my clients just because like you said, it's such an intimate service. Um, so I love that you highlighted that. So tell us more about your offer suite when you first launched versus where it's at today. And I think also like just for any newer designers, you know, listening, if you could define like what offer suite means to you and your studio as well. So what do you think is the biggest thing that's changed and how would you recommend people approach like crafting their very first offer suite or adjusting it to fit a market that they want to go after? Yeah. So to me, an offer suite is basically everything that you are either servicing or selling to a client. So whether that is a one-to-one service, a passive offer, such as like a course or a workbook or a template of some sort, all of that plays into your offer suite. It's what you're offering. It's like a menu at a restaurant. Um, as far as what was the second half to your question? Sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. There's I, I pack a lot into like, my questions. I'm like, here's like 10 follow-up questions. What do you think was the biggest thing that changed for you in terms of where your offer suite was at when it first launched and where it is at today? Yeah. So I think it kind of took a full circle like moment because when I first launched, I really wanted to specifically work with interior designers because I realized that they are great at designing homes. Um, but a big gap when I worked in the industry was marketing, branding, and websites. And so that was where I originally started, but I definitely like when you're new, you basically try to get anything that you, or you take anything that comes along your plate. Right. So I took on a lot of different industries, business types, and got a lot of experience and learned what I did and didn't like, and then refined it from there. Today, it doesn't necessarily look like strictly interior designers. It's really creatives as a whole um, and service-based businesses far over like an e-commerce shop or anything like that, because that's just where my strength is. I think one of the misconceptions that people have about offer suites in our industry is that just like your positioning, that it has to, or your niche, which it's, it's positioning, um, you, that it has to be the same, that like you, you find it and then that's what it is. And then it's like this, this document that's like locked in stone, like a frozen PDF that you like send as a guide to people, but like offer suites, just like our positioning as studios can change and shift and they should change and shift because your market is changing and shifting. So I think kind of putting on like your, (laughs) I'm going to use a little toddlerism that I putting on your listening ears. I always tell writer, are your listening ears on? Go boop, 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 turn your listening ears on. Everyone should be turning on their listening ears and joining Facebook groups and sneaking into interior designer only like spaces and talking with friends who are interior designers about their market that's changing and shifting always going back to the core of what that problem is, what that painful problem is that they can solve with their services. Like you identified in the beginning, there is a gap here. People struggle with this. Let me create an offer suite that speaks directly to that. Um, Because I'm sure that you've seen in our industry and I've seen as well with the designers that I've mentored, sometimes people will put together offer suites based off of what they want to do. And that's 
it's a good thing. You have to like the type of services that you're offering. I would never recommend doing something that you hate because you're just going to hate your life. But it has to start on the other end. It's got to start with the client first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And that's really where my offer suite started, right? Like it started with um, them not knowing how to market themselves. And so I actually originally started with really honing in on social media management. That was like my thing, but my strength or what I would find myself doing before doing the actual social media management was optimizing their website, crafting a brand identity for them half the time unpaid. And then, yeah, I would finally do the marketing for it, but that really was like the icing on the cake. And that's why I niched I guess you could say niche down into doing mm-hmm. branding and websites because that was really the first step before their marketing could be effective. And so even yeah. though I loved doing the marketing end, end point of it, they needed the branding and the website before that would really even make sense. Yeah. And that's a skill that like serves every business owner everywhere incredibly well. I mean, this is what business is. It's identifying a need and filling that need. You know, whether you're a sandwich shop or you're a branded web designer, because without a need, you're not going to sell anything, you know? And so, you know, that's kind of what we see sometimes with passive income offers that people, you know, create template shops or whatever, not to like hate on template shops, but like you have to start with like, is there a need for this? Like, is this something that people actually are going to want to purchase from me? And also is this offer going to compete with my current services? But that's a whole other conversation. Um, so it all boils down to like, put, your, put on your listening ears, think through, you know, like what your clients are missing. Um, and I think that's probably what you and I have seen happen with, you know, the industry in, in general, where, you know, if people are saying, I'm not converting, I'm not getting inquiries, like I'm not seeing this like that click that you and I were talking about before it's like okay what has gone awry with what your market is experiencing and the problems that they have versus what type of offers that you're offering to them so go ahead and tell us more about what your offer suite looks like today and how you've kind of used some of your marketing background and understanding of your industry this kind of luxury clientele to craft offers that are going to really appeal to them yeah. So today it really, front it's kind of twofold. So it's front facing and then there's kind of a behind the scenes systematic approach to it. So front facing, we do branding, website design, and then retainers, whether that's a consulting retainer or a design retainer. Um, and then on the back end, we have tiers within that, depending on where somebody is at in business, because we do work with people who are, you know, a little bit younger, a couple years into business. And then we work with people who literally have a client right now who's been in business for 20 years. So um, having that like tier on the back end to be able to work with their budget and work within what they actually need when it comes to the deliverables of the package has been definitely a game changer for me. But on the front end, making sure that it's clean, simplified, and very easy to understand. I love that you're not overwhelming your client with like a Cheesecake Factory size menu of services because I mean, we all have seen, we all understand the, the, the old marketing, you know, adage, I guess you would say of like the, when you have too many choices, it's overwhelming and people won't choose anything. So I love that kind of clean approach of like, like I focus so much more on messaging and 
talking about ROI and my marketing than I do about like what my offer suite is. Like you couldn't find my offer suite anywhere like publicly aside from that like pinned post on the top of my Instagram that kind of goes through a couple of different offers. But in reality, it's so much more complex than that. Um, And another thing that I wanted to highlight that you just said that is that you, you tier it based off of where they're at in business. And I think a misconception about luxury clients in the brand and identity industry is that like people think, oh, luxury clients have high budgets. It's not always true. And you've crafted an offer suite that's able to capture revenue from people who aren't at that cash flow level yet, but they either are or see themselves as a luxury brand. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big piece to that is like with a luxury brand, they know they're going to be a luxury brand, like right out of the Mm -hmm. gates for the most part. And they are willing to invest in their reputation to get there, but it still needs to be a comfortable investment for them. If it's too high of a price point, A, they're not going to go with it or B, they're going to like hold on to the reins of the project so tight because they like feel the need to have this control. I've definitely been there with that. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that it's also comfortable for them or the right price point that they're comfortable with as well. Yeah, for sure. We have to like meet our clients where where they're at. Um, and so like I feel like a couple years ago in my studio, I'd be like, oh well, this is this is my minimum for like it has to be a 10k minimum for branding only, you know. And like the reality is that the type of clients that I want to work with and that are in that luxury market that I kind of like, I feel like you're more like editorial luxury and I'm more like southern chic luxury if you had to like put like a label on it um but I know that you work with all different types of clients and and I do as well like um I remember a couple years ago I I thought that like I had to have this like super like high like low minute like it was like a high minimum for like branding only like oh like you have to work with for full service branding it has to be like five figures it has to be 10k but like I have learned that like my clientele like you said regardless of like whether you know they they're all luxury I mean I literally it's like top front center on my website laid back luxury brands for creatives with humble hearts and big visions that's my positioning statement that's my that's everything clients tell me that they saw that and they inquired because of that um you know 10k as a minimum for branding just doesn't work for them and i learned that lesson the hard way by losing out on revenue that i could have realized by crafting an offer within my offer suite that like felt good for them so um i think to kind of like wrap up this whole thought is that like within an offer suite i think one of the best ways that you can approach it is exactly like you just said is to have some clear options as to how people can work together with you to pique their interest enough to just get them on the phone and talk to them about their unique struggles. Um, And one thing that I say in my FAQ section and that I talk about all the time on social media is that we do not have project minimums at the studio. Like they're, if someone wants full service for a thousand dollars, like that's not going to work. But if someone has a project that comes my way that I can do profitably for $500, that's still a luxury service to me. Like, you know what I mean? I think luxury is this, it's like this je ne sais quoi. Like it's hard to put your finger on it and to to be a luxury brand designer, which I feel like this whole conversation is kind of going in, in that direction. So I'll have to, I'll have to update the title of it. Like, I think that, that essence of like, let me meet you where you're at and provide still a luxury service for you at a price point that feels good for you you're going to make so much more money than if you're like, oh, I'm so luxury. Like I minimum 10 K, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Something that um, one of my managers had me do back in the day, like when I was first learning how to work in a luxury market, was to actually go into like an H&M, just experience what it's like to shop in there and then go into an actual luxury store and see what the difference is and like try to pinpoint what they did, how they made you feel. Um, And the thing is with luxury stores, they're going to have something for $300 and they're going to have something for 3000 and plus whatever. So like doing that exercise, I feel like could be really helpful if you're kind of like trying to determine, am I, you know, more the H&M of my industry, which is totally fine. Or am I trying to be more of this luxury service provider and work with luxury clients, like go and actually experience it for yourself. I love that because it's all in the details, right? So I'm curious about like what your client process looks like on the back end, not necessarily in terms of steps and phases, because I do think that like in the brand design world, typically they're all pretty similar, but like what type of like personal touches or things do you do for your clients to like really make them feel like they are having a luxury experience with you? So uh, this is an odd one and it's probably very like counterintuitive, but really strong boundaries. I have found that luxury clients like want to be surrounded by people that have really, really clear boundaries and expectations. So outlining that we have client dashboards that we share with every client. So that way it's there um, in front of them, project timelines, like very detailed project timelines outlining when they will be getting something and when their feedback will be due. And then um, my clients actually have a cell phone number. So I have a studio phone that they can actually contact me very quickly during business hours, um, which is something that I feel like a lot of people don't do. And they think, you know, like obviously I wouldn't give out my real phone number, but I did actually add that in because it's been so helpful if we need a security code really quick in there in a meeting with, you know, a client, I have a client that literally goes into their client's office and shows she's always on the go. And so it's super helpful to, have that feature. So um, yeah, those are like just a few things. I mean, client gifting is another big one, but I feel like that's pretty common. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm intrigued about the phone thing because I was literally just like, I used to have this like under no circumstances should a client ever receive my personal phone number rule. And I think that like, I talked about that with you during our, our mentorship, but I've been getting a little bit lax on that purely because my client's I mean, a lot of the people I work with are interior designers. They're on site. They're with their clients. They're not in their office. They're on the go. They're moms. They're in the school drop-off line, like whatever. And everything is through text. They text their clients, like either that or like Voxer. I have a couple clients that use Voxer to serve their clients. And so I'm like, okay, like let's hop into Voxer. And they're like so excited that I am willing to kind of adjust the way that I communicate to make it the most like efficient and effective experience for them. And I think that that's another like luxury thing, but do you use an app or something for like your studio phone or like you have a separate phone? I have an actual separate phone with a real phone number that they get. And it's nice when it's on a separate phone and not just on like an app on my phone, because it truly Mm -hmm. is like I can shove it in the drawer at night and I'm not having to worry about it. So we're like checking it Do a lot of clients like take advantage of that? Do people like text? Because sometimes it's just like there's something like a quick text. Like I don't need an email, you know, like a quick text is just, and I feel like the most luxury clients of mine, they do have my phone number. Like they get, they get my personal phone number and they will text me when they're like, Hey, I've got a friend who needs a brand new website. Uh, When are you available to chat about it? It's like, I want them to feel like they have that next level access to me um, because we have a long relationship. Like I wouldn't just do that with anyone, but like I think exclusivity is a really big part of 
that kind of like client experience of like I only work with a certain number of people or like this just the other day I had a past client of mine that I have been working with for years. Um, she texted me about a project for a brand that her husband is starting. Um, and I was, we got on the phone and I was like, well, you know, we're really not accepting new clients until January, but you're not a new client. And so I'm absolutely happy to shift some things around and like make time for this project because it's, it's exciting to me. And I, you know, I, I want to provide the highest level of service I can. And she I really appreciated that and ex- expressed that, but that's, that's just another element of kind of creating that luxury feel of like ha- people having like different levels of access to you and they're paying for it. Like yeah. those, those luxury clients, like they are paying those high ticket prices. Like I think that they're, you know, whether or not it means your personal phone number or not, like maybe more calls, like, you know, for my bigger, larger e-commerce projects, I do bi-weekly like Monday check-in calls that I don't do with my like smaller, like semi-custom show it thing. So there's, there's a lot of little things that you can shift and change and it, it can work for you and your lifestyle and your studio. So that's cool. I've never heard of a designer that had like a work phone, but like, I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> it's totally worth it. I highly recommend it, especially that's with awesome. like who you work with. Obviously, it needs to align with like your positioning and who you're working with. Again, like going back to if you want to be the H&M of your industry and serve more quantity over quality, like there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're serving quality, there's little touch points that you have to pay attention to that do go into your offer suite, right? Like I do put that on my proposals as something like you actually get access to me because if you go to a bigger agency, like you're going to get handed off to an account manager. You're not going to work with the creative director. So yeah, 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 100%. So I want to learn more about the consulting and the retainers that you've added to your offer suite because kind of at the end of our time together, that was something you were ideating and kind of you were seeing interest. Tell me more about why you decided to add those services, what they look like and how you approach selling them. So it all comes down to my client's next step. Like they were all asking, how can I continue to work with you? And um, being when I first started and was doing more freelance marketing and social media management, I really loved the consistency and how I could build like a deeper relationship with my clients and really build them results over time. And so that's where I was like trying to figure out how to add it to my existing offer suite without it being extremely draining. Or like you hear all these horror stories about, retainers. And um, I really dived into like, how can I systematize this? How can I get the right clients into these retainers? And and so that way it works for me and it's not extremely draining. Um, and so my, to put it into perspective, my retainers are not $200 a month. They're not $300 a month. They're more like $2,000 to $5,000 a month where somebody is actually getting one-to-one access to me we're strategizing new product launches. We're doing some design assets for them within that retainer. So it's a very, very high touch next step service from branding and website design. Yeah. And I think like that type of exclusive offer, like probably isn't available to every person that wanted to do that. Like you probably Mm -hmm. have like an application process and, or it's only available to like select individuals that you think that it would be a good fit for. But I think that's really genius to move away from, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges that I experience and that every designer experiences is that we do one-off projects. Like we design a brand in the hopes that they don't have to rebrand next year, you know? And so like, kind of putting it into a more, I don't want to say subscription model because that seems cheap, but like really elevating that experience to that next level and listening to what you're, you put your listening ears on and we're <laughs> listening to what they were asking you for and you created that offer for them. Um, 
And, you know, you probably don't work with like 10 of those at a time, right? Like it's probably very, very limited in what is available, which elevates that luxury aspect of it too. Yeah. Circling back on our capacity chat. Like I've definitely learned that my capacity is about like five clients at once if it's just Mm -hmm. me. And a lot of times that looks like three retainer clients and two projects going on at a time. And that's really, it's really it. So, um, but that's where the price point also has to match to make sure that you are actually hitting, you know, the revenue goals that you want to hit. But with that price point, you have to have that luxury experience if you're going to be charging, you know, $2,000, dollars a month. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to wrap up before we do kind of our inbox question, which I wrote today, I have <laughs> submitted our inbox question. I'm so curious. Um, I want to hear what your best advice is for designers who might be struggling with their positioning or their offer suite. So like what's, what's one thing that you recommend them changing in their positioning or offer suite to help them sell their services more easily and get to that like click moment that we were talking about? Drop the communication around deliverables, like focus it on the outcome, the transformation, what somebody's going to gain beyond just a new logo. Like what is that logo going to do for that client's business? That's really where it started to click for me was when I started to shift my messaging to be around that and less about like this package includes three logo designs and a brand strategy deck or whatever. It was more so about the transformation of we are going to increase the perceived value of your brand. We're going to help you master your reputation so that way you can land more, um, you know, like PR features or editorial publishing. So that's where the editorial worthy comes into play in my messaging. So that's a big piece of like, that's what I would actually do, um, like to take action on. There's also a book. It's called The Wing Without Pitching Manifesto. Highly recommend reading that book. It is amazing. It's more of a sales book, but the first chapter is on all on positioning. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to like pick that up. I feel like I always have like a fiction book and then like a business development book going on Audible. So I'm definitely going to be downloading that. And we'll put the link to that book in the description of this episode in case you guys are curious. Um, Okay, cool. So give us any type of like way that someone can follow you. Um, I guys, you, you have got to follow Caitlin on Instagram because her social media marketing background informs such amazing content. Like it is all so shareable and you can see in action her positioning in her content. And she is speaking to those, like those luxury clients. You can see that in the marketing. So um, tell us where people can find you on Instagram and what type of offers you might have in the works for designers. Yeah. So um, Instagram is at Studio Cali Creative. Cali is spelled K-A-L-Y. As far as like potential offers, I am working on launching a template shop, believe it or not, but they're not going to be your average template. This has been a long time coming because I really wanted them to be very sales oriented given my background. Um, So that is also coming soon. That's so exciting. I feel like the design space needs your perspective. And I think that like, that's one of the things that we talked about a lot in our mentorship together, not necessarily me telling you this, but like just explaining how valuable it is to have that like marketing and sales background, um, informing what you're doing, because like, that's everything that I share with my mentees is that like, you don't talk about deliverables. You've got to like talk about the transformation. You've got to talk about the pain points. Um, so guys go and follow, follow her on there. Um, and you said brand consulting is also an option for designers. If 
they want help with brand strategy. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I actually started offering that to other designers because I was getting a lot of questions on obviously my positioning as well as like how I do my brand strategy process, because positioning is a big part of that. I feel like that's a big takeaway with brand strategy. So um, those are two things that I've worked with other designers on. If you do, you know, need help in that area. Um, Not something that I offer to everybody, obviously, but yeah, that is something if you're interested. Awesome. Okay. And they can just like DM you to like learn more about that. Yeah. Or if you just fill up my inquiry form and just select okay. consulting. Okay. Awesome. And your website is studiocali.com. There we go. Perfect. Yes. Um, okay. So my inbox question, I'm so curious. I feel like you are like the queen of photo shoots and you have like flown around the United States to like run photo shoots for clients, to be part of photo shoots, to do your own photo shoots. What are the key elements to running a successful photo shoot, either for yourself or if you're creative directing for a client? Like what goes into that? Yeah. So it's really paying attention to all the details and giving yourself enough time to plan a shoot. Like I am somebody that will take six months to plan a shoot. Wardrobe is huge. And that's not just the former stylist in me saying it, like every little detail Um, of what you're wearing like every outfit that I've worn in every photo shoot pretty much has a story behind it as well as the props so in one of my more recent shoots you probably have seen a skateboard that I'm holding with a bunch of logos on the bottom of it and that comes back to my story of like that fashion job that I told you about or retail management job that I told you about I used to skateboard to work and that was like how I got to work so that's how that like ties in and again just plays into my story my strength that all ties into the positioning of my brand that level of meaningfulness <laughs> is another way to define luxury in your yeah. opera suite and in your positioning I love that so much and you know like that's a piece of content that you probably share about on social media. It's like, hey, look at the meaning and intentionality that I put into this shoot for myself. Like, can you imagine like the type of meaning and intentionality that goes into every single client, like not even just design, but like email and like interaction and all of those things. Um, And your most recent photo shoot is amazing. I'm like obsessed with it. It is like (laughs) all of the New York vibes and it just like makes me miss the city so much. So yeah. For sure. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Um, I just appreciate your time so much. Um, and I'm really excited for people to hear this conversation because I feel like we don't talk about like what like luxury means enough in the space and um, capacity, offer suite, all the stuff that we got into today. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in next week's episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode, leave a review, join our free Facebook community, and share the pod with your designer friends so that they can join the fun. Give me a shout on Instagram at Better Podcast if you want to submit an inbox question and visit the pod at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more and snag discounts on my favorite resources. See you next week.